Welcome, welcome, welcome. Welcome, family, to the Tip Tuesday podcast. I am your host, Tiffany. So glad to be back again with you all. And so glad to be in this new series, which is the Love and Relationship series. And we're starting out with Leadership and Relationships. So glad to have our special guest on, Patrick D. Schaefer. Welcome, Patrick. Hey, how are you? I am well. I'm glad to have you on. Um, <coughs> a fellow podcaster, everyone. He is the host of the Love Again podcast. He is a leader of leaders. And so I'm so glad to have you on this season. Um, also, he is the founder of Urban Advantage, and you can tell us more about that if you want to, a life mm -hmm. coaching and mentor, a mentoring center for young people, and he is the senior leader and pastor of City of Faith Church. So welcome, 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 Patrick. Well, thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Absolutely, absolutely. Love the work that you're doing. Um, admire what you're doing on your podcast. It's great. And Got a, got a love expert on the show today, y'all. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> That's not me, but, uh, you know. <laughs> so let's, let's, let's see what we're going to get out of this. We want to jump right into this. Like I said, Patrick is a leader over many things, and you can expand on that if you want to. But let's just start by um, getting a working definition of what the dynamics of leadership are to you or what you think leadership means. Um, you, you know, I, I get a lot of my ideas about leadership, my philosophy of leadership, um, I pull from a lot of different sources, but I think one is, is, um, Dr. King, this idea that, um, to be a leader is to be a servant, right? And it, it is a specific role, but it is not greater. It is not lesser. It is just specific. Um, mm -hmm. And that um, as, a, as a leader, your, your goal is to serve the people um, up under your leadership and, and to serve the, the vision and um, the aim of, of the journey that you take with people. And so um, Dr. King and, and, and then Jesus, of course, right? I think he models for us um, uh, liberation style of leadership that ultimately leadership brings people into freedom, mm -hmm. uh, into being their most authentic self and kind of removing barriers between them and God and or them and their goals or them and even their perceptions about themselves that might not be true. So I kind of kind of marry those two ideas, two philosophies together for myself. Yeah. Love it, love it. Sounds great. So I um I've been talking this season about leadership, just diving into that different styles of leadership. And we had a um we had a show maybe the other week, a couple shows ago, where we were talking about different styles of leadership and how a lot of people gravitated to that because if I felt that sometimes we could put leadership in a box. And we have this idea of what leadership is. And if people or a person doesn't fit or their personality type doesn't fit in what you think 
um, your idea of a, a leader is, you automatically assume they're not a leader. So I always say they're visionary leaders, they're support leaders, they're team leaders, they're operation leaders, they're different type of leaders. And sometimes when you're misplaced, you cannot shine your best. So let me know what you think about um, different styles of leadership and how they translate into relationships. Um, I, I think that leadership, like like most things in life, can be improvisational. Mm -hmm. You you can be prepared, and I think that it's it's our responsibility to be as prepared. And when I say prepared, I mean to be the best version of ourselves, to refine and know our own gifts and our own talents. Um, and yet, you know, on the journey towards the goal, there are things that happen that are not in your control that you have to make adjustments for. Um, it is a leadership and, and moving towards goals can be a human environment. And so people have issues that sometimes you have to adjust to. Um, because we are all human and we are all playing a role um, towards our goal. And you have to adjust to personalities. You have to adjust to what's going on in someone else's life. And and so I think a, a, a great attribute of a leader is their ability to be improvisational, to to be fluid in how they lead, to, to know when to push, to know when to pull, to know when to pull back. Um, I, I think all of those things matter. And I, I think even in our relationships, I think it's important that you can have a goal in your relationships and yet you may have to adjust at different times mm, to how you get there because you you have a partner, right? Who has their own needs, who has their own skill sets and 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 being able to partner with somebody emotionally and and spiritually and otherwise in order to kind of move between point A and point B. I think it's all fluid. And if you don't have that capacity to make those adjustments and to be fluid and um, to be improvisational, I don't I, I think you can fail um, in leadership. I also think that and maybe perhaps I push against gender roles. In so much that um, if I am a man and you are a woman, then we presuppose what role we need to play. And I presuppose what my action is supposed to be in this relationship instead of saying, well, you know, I, I can cook. So does that make me less of a, is that a woman's role? Or, like if it's a woman's role and you can't cook, so I'm just gonna let you cook and and, and kill both of us because that's what women do, right? Well, no, we, we're not gonna do that. So if if that's what I can do, then let me do that. And whatever you might be good at doing something that traditionally maybe men right. have done, right. but this is our relationship, this is between me and you. And so let's find out, you know, what works best for us. And so I think, you know. Love is collaborative and it is improvisational. And I think it is created between two people instead of kind of, like you said, presupposing 
my leadership style or what I think or what I think you should be and what you should do and trying to fit somebody within that box. I don't know if that's going to be horribly successful or not. I'm not sure. Well, I love everything you just said. You said a mouthful, but it's interesting um, because these points um, or how Patrick feels about this, I, I, you know, I haven't known before, but it's interesting. So I want to kind of go back to a couple things. Um, mm -hmm. And one is that I can remember off the top of my head right now is the presupposition of gender roles, which I'm going to be transparent on the podcast and say, I am kind of one of those people who um, sometimes can fall into that category of mm -hmm. what I think certain gender roles should be. Now, I agree with the cooking thing. I don't think cooking is a woman's thing. I think if a man can cook, a man should. But you know what? Try to cook. Try. I'm, I'm trying. I, 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 I just want to see you put in the effort mm -hmm. to cook. So mm -hmm. it's not one of those things, but I do have a, um, I won't say, um, yeah, I guess I will say gender role because I, I do think there are certain roles that men hold and I do think there are certain roles that women hold I don't think that it should affect their leadership style I think a man can be any leadership style I think a woman can be any leadership style I just think it's how they what you said create and collaborate when they come together right. as a union of what works for them but I think that's also with knowing who you are uh, being honest with who you are and then being honest with what you need to complement or be suitable for you. Mm -hmm. um, I try to go beyond just complimenting. I think suitable is more of the word I like to use just because it's like a left and right hand. They not mm -hmm. only complement each other the way that they, um, when they're face to face, come together, it's suitable. A left hand and a right hand is suitable. Um, you know, for each other, or when a man and a woman face face to face, body parts are mm -hmm. suitable, made suitable for mm -hmm. each other. But um, so, with that being said, if you have people who are, you know, have certain gender roles that they hold, and then you have the leadership styles on top of that. Oh, this is what I wanted to go back to. Um, you were saying basically that leadership styles should change seasonally. Um, dependent on who you are dealing with. This is something I said too, like a couple of weeks ago. I think that, you know, we all have been given the grace to rise to whatever occasion we're assigned to. So you may have some, a way that you naturally deal with things, but if you're dealing with certain people, particularly if you are a leader, I think we have to use wisdom too and how to lead the people we're leading because your natural leadership style may not work for that group of people or that person. And I feel like it's like that in relationships, but it can be sticky because how do we show up as ourselves and how a person needs us without being phony or remaining authentically ourselves? Um, so that's a question I have for you and I'll come back to that, but uh, I, I guess I'll go back to the gender role thing. Yeah, no, so... I'm like a, I'm like a concert, like a, I don't know, I'm like a conservative uh -huh. type of person with... Well, no, I yeah, I get it. But, you know... Yeah. You know. I, I, here's what I, I'll say. Um, 
I, I don't know how useful they are because if, if we go into it saying, well, this is what a man is supposed to do, I could come into say, well, this is what a woman is supposed to do. Yeah. Um, and 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 that may that may not always uh, the motive behind that then is duty. I don't I, I don't ex I, because I am a man, and because my skeleton and muscles are the way they are. I don't expect you as a woman to change a tire. I don't expect you to lift heavy things because, of course, you. Like you can't like I, I I'm my I am built my anatomy is built to do those things but I don't do those things for you because I am a man I do it because I love you right. and I I care about you mm -hmm. right that's not a gender role that gender roles are the societal construct if I do these things because I can do these things it has to be because I love and care for you and I don't want you to hurt yourself. And so to me, if it's, if it's just gender roles, then if I don't feel like playing this role for you, then that might affect whether or not I'm gonna do it or not. Right. If I do it because I remember, oh, I love and care about this person, then if that's in the forefront, then I'm going to do it whether I feel like it or not because that's the way love obligates us sometimes, right? And so for me, um, it, 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 I, I, I don't know if, if, if I like this idea of you pointing a finger and saying, but this is what you're supposed to do. Because then we could both point fingers at each other and say, well, this is what you're supposed to do. And we could do that all day. So let's not do that. Um, let's, let's, let's remember that we love each other and let what we do and how we serve one another be because only because we love one another, not because this is what some book says, this is what men are supposed to do and what women are supposed to do. Well, what about when people come with these? I mean, because we can say that, but then people, everyone comes to relationships with preconceived notions or their experiences or what they need. So here you go with like gender roles. And so some could be societal. I believe mine is based off the Bible. To know me, I got a little sprinkle, you know, hey, mm -hmm. and I like this too. So I'm going to throw this mm -hmm. in there too. So what if it's not anything where you're coming in and you're saying, hey, you need to do this. You should do this because what I, well, now what I absolutely despise is, um, and this is where I think authenticity comes in and people have to really know who they are and say who they are. I don't want to tell you what I think you should be doing, but I would like for you to communicate to me what you think you should be doing and what you bring to the table. And I can communicate that same thing and we can see if it's compatible. If, you know, our two ideologies, um, the way we think, what we want, our goals, how we can serve. I love what you said, love is serving each other. And the way that I um, am built, wired or choose because love is a decision too. We can't just show up any type of way and say, this is me and this is it and I'm never changing. So even the decisions we make, how I choose to serve you and how you choose to serve me, are we in some type of alignment with what that means? And where do we get um, these ideologies from? I believe mine come from the Bible. So if someone comes up to me with a gender role that comes from society, 
and I don't think it's necessarily biblical, I'm already not going to serve you in that area. I, I already know I'm not. So I can be honest, you know, about that. But right. I can say even if I struggle or have some, I'm not naturally good at something. If I believe it comes, you know, it's, it's maybe in the word and, you know, it comes from my core value system. I can adjust. I can make a decision to. Yeah. So I, I, I get it. Is it necessarily duty or is it coming to the table saying like, this is, this is what I want. This is who I am. This is what I desire. And are we two people who can bring that to each other? And I think this is especially important for leaders because leaders are just used to leading the way that they lead. And you have to know who's who and what's what in a relationship. Okay. Uh, that's a lot yeah it's a lot you gave me a lot so i'm gonna give you a lot yeah yeah i'm I'm not going to wholly disagree with you i'm just going to push back a little bit because if we if we look at if we're going to use the bible as Uh um as the base of our of, of of our understanding about what roles we play for each other it's going to be problematic in that in the Bible, women had no agency. Women were not partners. They were just utilities, um, domestic utilities and to uh, perpetuate, you know, the bloodline. Like they were, they had no voice. They had no agency. And it wasn't, and this is why I, I find, I love Jesus in that he was a great emancipator and liberator of women that we always see Jesus standing between the society that wanted to oppress them. Um, and he stands in between them and, 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 and the woman and begins to liberate her. And, and here's the problem with liberation. To be free means that you have to construct from the and design it from the very beginning. Right. And I, I wrote a book a long time ago. It was, it was called Love Again. And, and one of the chapters in the book, it was about one of the chapters in the book was was called Making Love. I think it was I think it was that. And the, this idea is that when um, when I got my first apartment, I went to I went to look at um, different apartments and I came back one day <laughs> really, really down uh, to my mother. And I was like, Mom, I went. I went to this apartment and it didn't have any furniture in it and wasn't no no pots and pans in the, the kitchen or nothing. I was like, I can't, I, I can't move in that place. She was like, you know, idiot. Um, apartments don't come fully furnished. Mm-hmm. Whatever you want to have in it, you have to put in it yourself. And I think that is the a great idea about love that our love does not come as furnished as we want to be, but we can collaborate to decorate and to put in it our space, what we want it to be. In order to do that, we may need to lose or or do away with roles that don't work for you, that don't work for me. And I know what our grandmama told us and I know what role they played and what my grandfather did and all the like, that might not work for us. And so I think what you want is a partner to say, okay, we're gonna get really creative about how we love each other and how we manifest that love. And 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 talk to me about how do you feel love? And 
what does care look like for you? And then let me tell you what that looks like for me and, and tell you what I, what I can do for myself and what I want you to partner with me to do, right? I think those are the converse, kind of conversations that I think a, a healthy love has in order, it, it, and that's different from the Bible says, you know, you're a man and you're a woman and this is your duty because as long as people been looking at the Bible for those things, I don't know if, if it's if it's worked out that way all, all, all the time. Like I don't, I, 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 you know, I don't know. And so I, I think using the Bible to help us um, find language about our love and to give us ideas about the trajectory of, of the aim of our love, I think it's great. I think using the Bible as a guide for the roles of a man and woman in relationships can be problematic alone. Agree. I agree. I, I'll give a little pushback and then I'll move on. Mm -hmm. You know, I know that in certain parts of the word that, um, you know, it seems, you know, women were just there to procreate. But as you said, you know, Jesus is the great emancipator. And I think the New Testament is full of examples of, you know, Husbands, deal with your wives with knowledge, meaning that there is a certain level of wisdom that once a man connects with a woman that he shall operate in when dealing with a person that he's building a life with. And I think that's wonderful wisdom. And I think that's, you know, not that a woman shouldn't have that either, but I believe that it is um, particularly said to the man, just as, you know, we're commanded to love our husbands, men are commanded, I mean, to respect our husbands, men are connected to love because God inherently knows in the heart how he wired the male and the female and what they need to be poured into. So I think that is definitely the great place for, you know, foundation. I think the New Testament is filled with just even practical examples of Jesus' life on how to not only just treat people in your relationship with romantically, but how to treat people in relationship, period. But I think that it go, it does go a step further in the New Testament about how to treat like in romantic relationships. So let you said something about gender roles. And I want to say this because I did um, have a question from someone that they don't even know about the, well, they know about the show now, but was asked about leadership in the home and mm -hmm. and I think this goes to gender role because they were asked about the husband making decisions and being the leader of the home I I teach everyone has some type of leadership in them like we're all called to some type of leadership whether it's a um whether you're a parent if you know if you're a parent you know God has made you a leader with your children um if you have a job whatever that may be. And so going back to like leadership in the home, do you think that it is solely uh, a man's responsibility as a leader in the home to make the final decision on matters? No, I. So here, here's. I, I don't know if I have a, 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 a clear answer on that. Here's what I, I will say. 
here's what I would say. Um, I, I remember a long time ago, um, I was traveling with with my pastor. Um, that was my job. I traveled with him. And we were, I think we were finished in one city and he had to make a decision whether he wanted to go to one city or another city. He had an obligation to go here or to go there or to go home or something like that. And we were sitting there, him and I was just trying to figure it out and da 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 da. And he ups and says, you know what? Hold on, let me let me call my conscience. And he called his wife and talked it through with her. And then we did what she thought was <laughs> was best, which was the right decision. And I just always remembered how he described her as his conscience, right? That you have another intellectual resource that when you can't figure something out, you got another brain that's working that can kind of see it from a different angle that you don't have and, and open your eyes and his ability to hear what she wanted to hear her opinion and say, okay, we're going to go with her opinion because it's best. Mm -hmm. Yes. So I don't, the final decision, man makes a final decision. I don't know. That just doesn't work for me. Because if I got to make, I'm making all the final decisions now. Like I gotta <laughs> make it final decisions for me. I would want a partner that can, you know, carry this, you know, carry this load. I gotta make decisions for you and me too. Like it's, it's, a, it's a lot of pressure. And then, like you know, whether or not you could say, well, he has the final decision. And then if he, you say, because that's the role he played ahead, then, you know, he does, makes a dumb decision, then, you know, are you dumb for letting him make the decision? I ain't gonna do it. Or, <laughs> right, right. So, you know, if we're going to be in this and we're all going to be 100% in this, then I don't make, you're my partner. I don't make any decisions that will affect the trajectory of our life or our, our, our stability and all those things solely alone. We are in this together. So, if it goes up, we got skin in the game. If it goes down, we got skin in the game. I, I, and I don't get, for me, and this is personally, I think that leadership in the home, especially for men, is not telling everybody what to do all the time. Right, right. I guess not. <laughs> leadership is more than, and headship is more than than that. Um, and, and so I, I, I don't know if it, <laughs> It's a lot of pressure. That's why a lot of men die early. Like, you know, <laughs> no, they play what? these roles. He's supposed to he's supposed to, to to be the head, make all the decisions. She don't work. These are traditional roles. He works two or three jobs and running from here and there. And then he works himself to death and stresses himself out and he dies of hypertension, bad heart, diabetes, because leadership is a is is a burden. Right. And if and if you're as a man, you're carrying all of that by yourself and everything falls on you, that there's no way to live that kind of existence. And it doesn't tax you mentally, emotionally, psychically, spiritually and all the like. And then you dead. And then she off with the insurance money with her sisters in <laughs> Vegas somewhere. Really? <laughs> yeah, really? I'm just saying. Right? It, really? It, it, it has happened before. It is. It has happened once or twice before. That's all I'm saying. So I, I, I just think, you know. I, I think it's again. It's it's a it has to be a collaborative space 
Well, so I we do this I together. I like the example that you gave because it is, you know, it's a decision where someone had to, it's a, a situation where someone had to make a decision. And I like we said, when there's another intellect that's part of the partnership too. And I think that's leadership. And I, and it's, it's one of the things I always play up. I mean, is your decision to make, rather like you're at work, you're in ministry, you're in a relationship, it's your decision to make, but do you want to make this decision without another perspective, without another um, person's input? And so what you said just describes like um, even a business relationship. When you have a CEO, they're not the CFO. They still bring in another executive leader who is who they are in their own rights. They're a leader, but you're not going to make all these financial decisions without the CFO of the company. I don't care if you are the CEO, you're going to get input. If you want a successful business, you're going to get input. And I do think that is the same with relationships. I think that everyone has to respect the strengths of the other person. And sometimes I think that can go awry, especially when people are looking at gender roles, you know, if you can't handle money, I don't care if you are the man, you're not about to squander like my money. You need to know the strength of the person who you are dealing with. Know those who labor among you, who's who has the most sense in some areas. I mean, some areas people just operating in the sense, you know, um, God gave you, but sometimes you are, sometimes you're not. It's just not your strong suit. So I do like that, though. I do like I think that's a very good way to, you know, talk about how leaders operate in relationships. And so but before we get out of here, I do have one last question I want to ask you. And that mm -hmm. is we're talking about leaders. And I know I talk about support leaders all the time and visionary leaders and just being in leadership. What about what, what are your thoughts on leading with love? That's what I've been seeing lacking a lot in leadership. Sometimes people think leadership is coming down on people with the iron hammer, making all the decisions, being a loud mouth, being opinionated, and none of that makes you a leader. And so whatever your leadership role is, though, I think that we need to lead with love. And what does that look like to you, especially in relationships? How do people lead with love in whatever area you're leading in? Yeah, I, I've been interested in observing over the last few years leadership from what's going on in our politics, from what's going on in our churches, and even in our, in our interpersonal relationships. And this, this whole idea of, you know, it gets tossed around toxic masculinity, right? Um, and to be a leader and for me to be a man, I, I need to be a bully. You know, I need to, you know, be ruthless. I need to be um, driven by my appetites and my goals and everybody who follow me, you know, you're just on for this ride. Mm -hmm. um, but I, I, I reject that idea um, is it the only way to lead or to, it's kind of like, well, the only way to parent is to make your children afraid of you, mm -hmm. right? Um, or the only way for you to control the woman in your life is by threats, 
economic threats or physical threats or whatever. And I, I think there has to be a space for men to be gentlemen, right? And that we lead with our emotional presence and affirmation. And it doesn't mean that we can't be, we can't be firm and be direct. But anybody you you have to make them it, to make them stay with you, you have to make them insecure. Well, that's not love, right? And and I, I I am a firm believer, and I believe this all my heart. That ultimately love liberates. Michael said this long time ago, and we missed it. Michael said love is not possession, right? Because just because I love you doesn't mean I own you and can control you. Love means that I, I, I have made a decision to be vulnerable in a space where you can walk away from me or change your mind about me or decide that, you know, something different about yourself. Mm -hmm. And that still means that I don't, I don't own you that, that I, if you decide to leave, then, I love you enough to let you go because if I have to threaten you to stay, <laughs> no, that's not you're not staying because you love me. You're staying because, you know, I, I I've made you afraid to leave me. And I think that there should be more conversations about how we love the women and the children in our lives in a way that is and can be leading and not threatening at the same time. And well, I love what you to raise about. your. I, I, I love what you said about leading with love looks like being emotionally present. And so mm -hmm. talk about that because I want to talk about what does it look like? Sometimes, you know, you can have a person who says, I want to lead with love, but what does that look like? You know, all I know is what I've seen or what I've done. And so what does it, what does it look like to be emotionally present for someone? I, I think that we have to do intentional work in order to be emotionally present in our relationships because vulnerability and uncertainty always makes us hide, right? It always makes us scared. Uh, let's go back to your Bible. When, when, Bible. when Adam and Eve. Don't no, get, I, I, don't get, the, I, I, don't get the plan you. on his podcast. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> don't get the plan on his podcast. <laughs> no, 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 let me go back to your Bible. <laughs> when, if, if Adam and Eve are, if Adam and Eve are in a relationship with God and they break trust in the relationship, what do they immediately do? They go hide because they're afraid, right? And so, how do we learn not to hide? How do we learn to, if we break trust or if we're not everything that we feel like we should be or the other person feels like we should be, how do I not hide from that and be vulnerable enough to say, you know what? Yeah, I, I may have failed you. I may have messed up and I'm sorry. Let me fix that. I think that there has to be... Um, you have to sublimate, you have to subjugate your ego. Yes. Right? Yes. Like, I, I, I think we hide behind our egos and our pride so much that we miss opportunities to really emotionally connect. That is so we, we, we don't know how to say to the woman in our lives, you know, when you did that, 
it made me extremely insecure mm. because maybe I have abandonment issues that I haven't talked to you about, but mm. your language and your body language and the way you interact with me makes me afraid. And when that happens, I kind of retreat and I don't want to retreat. And so I, I need you to know this. So when you do it, we can that's find a way to awareness. stay in the room. But yeah, it that's, takes that's an awareness that. and, and, it, yeah, yeah. and it's Absolutely. a communication. Like it's Absolutely. A, you cannot shut down because if something has happened, if a woman has done something or a man, it doesn't matter. A woman or a man has done something and it affects you, but it wouldn't necessarily have affected that person in the same way. So they don't even see it like that. They, but they that's have... a human impulse, right? If, 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 if you have a child, you hear something uh, crash in the living room and you come in and the lamp is on the floor and you say, did you, you knock over the lamp? What is the child going to do? He say, no. The reason the <laughs> child lies is because he doesn't want you to be mad. He yeah. doesn't want you to be angry, right? And so if we could push past like, okay, well, you may be upset. You may be angry, yeah. but this is, I'm going to stay in the room. Or and you may be upset. You may be angry or push past not wanting to be vulnerable. You know, I, sure. I think that's the biggest thing in this society. Like everything is a guard. Everything is, I don't care. Everything is, I'm hard. I mean, and we I, both have a relationship we both have a responsibility to create an atmosphere where it's okay not to hide. Like it's okay to be vulnerable. It's okay to be naked and and exposed in front of me. I'm not, I'm on your side. I'm not right. going to use it against you. I'm not going to weaponize your fears or your insecurities. You're safe with me. And the reason we, we don't do that is because ultimately if we don't feel safe in the world. So mm -hmm. it may have nothing yeah. to do with this relationship. We just bring our habits into yeah. our relationships and, and we have to learn how to undo those things in ourselves. So it's work. Like you said, it's, it's, it's a lot of work. It's yeah. work. But I, I like yeah. I like what you brought to the forefront. Um, and I think it's, like you said, it's worth, you know, these are the discussions and the conversations that we need to be having. And so hopefully we'll be unfolding uh, more uh, information and topics in this series. And I think one of the things that I would, you know, just end with, with leading with love is I always say just lead from really what's in your heart from not a reactive standpoint. And so sometimes you can really have something in your heart for someone, but the way they act, something that they did, and you just touched on, touched on this perfectly, Patrick, you know, instead of saying, you know what, I don't want to shut down who I am. I don't want to be guarded. I don't want to hold back any of myself with this person. So I'm going to let them know, hey, I was kind of giving you all of me and I felt insecure when you did this and you did that instead of shutting down. And now it's a reactionary um, uh, response that someone mm -hmm. is getting out of you. And that's, that's, I, I, I don't like that. And I, you know, and I have to guard myself against that too, because I always think I want to lead with purity, with what's really in my heart, what's really my mission and my purpose for why ever I'm here, whether that's a relationship, whether that's a job, but I don't want to get wounded. And then I start leading from reaction. So you wounded me. And so I'm going to put a guard up and then I'm going to wound you um, just to make sure that we're either on even playing ground or you don't wound me anymore. So that's the way I think to lead with love. It's just from a pure heart and not being reactionary. So, Amen. <laughs> 
Well, once again, we've had a great show. I am so happy you finally got on, Patrick. Um, yeah, I'll have thank you for inviting me. Posted. He does have a podcast. I believe it airs on Saturdays. And so you can check mm -hmm. that out if you want to. Tip Tuesday, family, we will be back again with another installment of this relationship and love series. So we'll see you then. Until next time, peace, love, and blessings to the tribe. Talk to you later. Bye-bye.